Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, guys? It's Harrison Phillips here, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellows on the Circle of the Wagons podcast on Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills, baby. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. The Bills make me wanna. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Nate. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us, I guess. I mean, this is kind of a uh, disappointing Sunday outcome. For today's game, um, the Bills were six and a half point favorites. They lost 23 to 16 against the Steelers in Orchard Park in the first true home game in two years. <laughs> so we're going to talk all about today's game. We're going to talk about uh, just general. We're going to give our co- thoughts and comments about the game. We're going to give uh, stats of the game, uh, our wall of famers, wall of shamers, and uh, sweet sassy molassy plays of the game. I almost forgot about that. And we're going to get some help from uh, our amazing followers on Twitter. So stay tuned for that. So I'm joined on this. It's kind of... Uh, an unconventional podcast for us because we're actually at a wedding. And uh, if you've listened to uh, the podcast last couple of weeks, last few weeks, uh, my co-host John and I are at our friend uh, friend's wedding, and we're like, you know what? Let's just see if we can try. To- oh, you got some uh, got some thunder in the background. That's good. We'll see where that ends up. <laughs> but uh, John, this was. Uh, <laughs> you, are you going to take a quick selfie over the cool? <laughs> um. John, it's it's good to talk to you. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the Bills today. We watched the game together. We haven't watched a game together in two years. That was kind of cool to go. John, how are you doing, man? Big sigh. Big sigh. Uh, I believe after the game, you said that you this is the most depressed you've ever been about anything. <laughs> I think those were your exact words. I I, I tend to live in the moment. <laughs> so how are you feeling now? It's been a few hours. You've had a little bit of time. To, it's still upsetting. It's still an upsetting loss. Yeah, I mean the alcohol helps. Um, it's it's been a great wedding, uh, so that that has been a big a big help. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's let's kind of just dive into our general thoughts on today's loss, and uh, this would be the perfect time. Um, I don't know if we're going to get a chance to talk to our other co-host uh, Mike in this episode, but this would be the, the perfect time where Mike brings up the the whole parable of the farmer, right? where the farmer, everyone thinks, you know, the Bills lost their first game. This was the game where everyone thought that they were going to, this is the season that everyone thought that they were going to go to the Super Bowl, which they still might. This is just a bump in the road. But he kind of says, you know, hey, you know, (laughs) 
everyone thinks we're just gonna ignore that we're outside and there's a lightning thunderstorm going on whatever it happens so it's the one where where the farmers uh you know his son goes is forced to go into the military and people are like oh that's the worst thing ever he's like maybe it is maybe it isn't and then he ends up becoming a war hero and there's there's like all these things that you never know exactly how things are going to turn up until you know the final outcome and right now we're just in the midst of a very heartbreaking loss no i disagree that was like the cardinals game last year with the hell mary this is the first game of the season like you can't have that right out of the gate well, can we talk about why they lost? I mean, why did the Bills lose today? Uh, there's a couple of different factors. I mean, I think it's like, can we can we just say that, like, it's not Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger is not the reason the Bills lost today. It wasn't the, the Steelers' run game that was the reason they lost today. It was the Steelers' defense and special teams. I mean, their defense stopped the Bills' offense. They completely out-schemed them. They got a lot of pressure. There's a cornhole game going on, too. There's a lot. They got a lot of pressure on Josh Allen. The Bills couldn't scheme... They couldn't plan or find a way to defend Josh Allen. They couldn't find a way to, uh, you know, just just protect him as well as they really needed to. And Josh didn't look great on his own either. And there's a there was a stretch where he was, you know, six of twelve for forty eight yards in the beginning of the first half. And it's like, you know, what's he was on fire last time we saw him in the preseason game. And uh, it looked like they just had his number. It looked like some some abysmal play calling at times by Brian Dable. Um, what comes to mind is that fourth and goal, or fourth and one, rather, sorry, where they did a pitch back or a throwback to Reggie Gilliam or whoever it was, and he gets tackled for five-yard loss, um, you know, as they were driving. It's just a lot of things. John, what stuck out to you the most as to why the Bills lost today? Yeah, you hit on most of the points. Um, also, the penalties were, were bad. Uh, you can't keep getting those 10-yard penalties on offense. They're, there was a lot of holding penalties. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, Wallace got picked on a lot. I don't necessarily think he had a bad game. One of the calls looks kind of questionable anyway against him. And he had some catches against him that were just amazing throws and catches that he was there for. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, as a, as a whole, the defense was good. The defense was good. The play calling was suspect. Like, you know I love flea flickers, but, I mean, on third and one, just get the first down, right? Like, come on. <laughs> oh, you love flea flickers more than anyone I know. And, hey, I'm a, I'm a big fan of flea flickers, too. But, yeah, third and one, like, I mean, the Steelers' secondary was good enough to catch it. And In a, in a tight game like that, step, it, it was too cute. Like, it's too cute. Like you said, with a fourth and one, like, pitch and, just sneak it. Just, just you just know. sneak it. Yeah, yeah. Or spread them out so it's not your – because the Bills' offensive line is not strong enough to put put away the Pittsburgh Steelers defensive line. So if you're gonna do that, like spread them out and then you know dive into the or dive for one yard line. I'm sorry, one yard. And I mean one of the things that was also frustrating about the game in general is like we're watching it together and we're and we're and I told you this and it actually came to fruition. So my bad, but I'm saying like the Bills defense is playing so well and the Bills offense is so lackluster. They were doing just enough that you're thinking the only thing that's going to change this outcome is a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown. And you thought you got the best of it when Isaiah McKenzie had the 64-yard kickoff return to start the game. We're like, okay, now we're banging on all cylinders. That was not how the rest of the day went. And the Steelers ended up having that block punt uh, recovery for a touchdown, and that literally was the difference in the game. 
um, that play right there. So, Gettysburg in the game, maybe? I don't know. Let's see, not not in a good way, but I don't know. How, what did you think of Josh Allen's performance today? He's, I don't know, he seemed um, a little over, like, I don't know the word for it, but, like, I, I think maybe the, the having the crowd there, the emotions were probably super strong. Yeah. And, um, you know, he had a couple balls get away from him. He wasn't, you know, 100% on target. And it, it's kind of weird to say the crowd might have affected him negatively. <laughs> <laughs> Almost like cheering him on. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I tweeted this out from uh, our Twitter account. And I said, you know, having 70,000 fans there, Josh isn't like that. And he's an emotional player. Like, good or bad, like, that's the way he runs. And a lot of people were talking, well, no, he's over that. We'll see. A lot of people were worried about it, too. And I think that they had a little bit of a reason to be worried about it because I think he does play really hot. And you can see as he sailed a couple of those deep balls over receivers, receivers in a, in a couple of those instances, I want to say two out of the three of the deep throws, like he had guys that had a step. And he, if he puts, if he doesn't overthrow them or at least gives them a chance to to catch the ball. They do. And the Bill, now you're talking about a Bill's win instead. But then he had that one amazing drive. Um, actually, let me grab one amazing drive to end the first half, and that was the best drive he had all all game. And you thought that that was going to be a continuation. Second half, it did not continue that way. Um, he tried to do a lot. He had that sack fumble, or there was a sack fumble on him by T.J. Watt, where you're kind of hoping, you know, you love when he evades pass rushers, but after a while, like there's just a guy he doesn't see, or something that happens. I mean, you know, you love Josh. Um, he didn't have his best game today. And I think that he would tell you the same thing. All right. So let's go into our stats of the game. Stats of the game. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. So you're telling me there's a chance. Oh, people can come up with statistics to prove anything, Kent. 40% of all people know that. Stats of the game we have for today's game. From the Buffalo side of the ball, we have Josh Allen, 30 for 51. You never want to see your quarterback have to throw 51 passes. That's never a good sign, um, unless you're playing fantasy. He had 270 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. Devin Singletary, leading rusher for the Bills. 11 attempts, 72 yards, 6.5 yards per carry. Dude, I loved Devin Singletary today. Um, I know that people were kind of worried about him. You know, they drafted Zach Moss last year. Uh, you know, he put on some weight this year. He looked great, you know, working out. Um, he looked great in the preseason. And I think he continued on, you know, that preseason. And, you know, his, his momentum from this preseason into today's game with six and a half yards per carry. Did you like what you saw? Yeah, maybe if he had another 10 carries, you know, <laughs> it would, the game would have been a little different, right? They literally had more yards per carry than Josh Allen had yards per attempt. Josh Allen had 5.3 yards per attempt, and Devin Singletary had 6.5 yards per carry. So if they literally ran it. it yeah, the Steelers were all <laughs> over the pass. There were no yards after the catch for any of those. Oh. Like, it, the Steelers prepared well. Yeah, they did. They did. It felt like it felt like a very Tyrod Fitzpatrick-like game where he would throw the guys on throw open to the guys on comeback routes as if that was all they could 
a complete, and they ne- he never he never got it to you know Beasley over the middle on a long gain or Davis or whatever. Um, all these guys were either catching him by the sideline or catching him and getting tackled right away. There was almost no yak, yeah. I want to say. Yeah, like last year, the Bills, the Josh Allen had a great game against the Steelers last year. However, the Steelers have a really good, they have a top three defense. Yeah. They looked at the tape from last game, mm-hmm. and they adjusted accordingly. Absolutely. So I will say about Devin Singletary is he did have two fumbles today. No lost fumbles, but two fumbles today. I'm sure McDermott won't be happy about that. That was... Um, luckily, it didn't end up mattering today, um, even if he had lost those fumbles. But um, something to watch out for. And you know McDermott cares a lot about losing fumbles. Leading receiver for the Bills today. Oh, yeah, Josh Allen had nine attempts for 44 yards. Um, they did run him a lot. They were looking to get anything. You know when they're, when they're trying to get Josh Allen, it's either going to be a fun trick play or something really smart, or they're just looking to get the offense kick-started because nothing's going their way. So they did a lot of uh, they did a lot of uh, QB um, draws, which was kind of cool. I don't remember them doing a lot of that. It is raining like crazy right next to us, so John and I are kind of moving side by side. We've never done a uh, podcast live like this where we're standing right next to each other and never at a wedding and never in the middle of a rainstorm, so this will be fun. Um, thank you guys all for listening, by the way. Um, if this is your first time listening to us, it's a little bit more f- professional um, sounding, I would say. But uh, but this is uh, this is the way it is. We had a friend that decided to get married on a, on a Sunday, knowing it was Bills season. He's a big Bills fan. And I got to be honest, you called this before the wedding today. When they played that shout song, like we knew they would at the reception just a few minutes ago, it was, it, it, it had a little bit less oomph to it. That it normally does, right? It was hard to get into it like an hour and a half after the game ended, right? Yes, yes. It was. It just. It just. It just wasn't there. Now, when but it was. It was. It was a. You know, it's risky. But like, you know, if the Bills had won, it would have paid off, right? Because everybody would have been super hyped oh, yeah. up about that, right? It was a gamble. It was a risk. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it just didn't pan out. <laughs> the house won on that one, not the, not the players, not the people getting married today. Stephon Diggs, the Bills' leading receiver, 14 targets, 9 receptions, 69 yards, no touchdowns. Cole Beasley, next leading receiver, 13 targets on 8 receptions for 60 yards, no touchdowns. Emmanuel Sanders, 8 receptions, or eight targets, 4 receptions, 52 yards, no touchdowns. Um, Dawson Knox, 4 targets, 4 receptions, 41 yards. Uh, I want to say he was like a, a good... A good story if the Bills win today, but uh, you got to be excited by what you saw with what little you saw from Dawson Knox today. It was good to see him uh, pull in every catch and, and look and look decent. He was he had one of the only uh, receptions where he actually gained some yardage after the catch, so that was nice to see. Yeah, I was a little nervous. It was third and ten, and I saw Allen throwing it to a three yard pass to Knox. I'm like, there's no way, there's no way. <laughs> he's either going to drop it or something. But no, he got the first. He got down. the first. It was, it was good to see. It was really good to see. It was good to see the Bills try to utilize the bubble screen. They couldn't defend the bubble screen all day long, um, but you know, uh, it was good to see Dawson Knox get one. Uh, Gabriel Davis, five targets, two receptions for 40 yards, and he had that one great touchdown um, in the end zone. Uh, we'll go over it real quick. Oh, sacks on today. Uh, Jordan Poyer had a sack today. Mario Addison had that sack fumble today on Ben Roethlisberger. The Bills didn't end up recovering, uh, but that looked good. Tyler Bass, by the way, three for three and field goals today. 
Uh, 42 yards was his longest, one for one for extra points. Um, John is all about that bass. So let's go on to the Pittsburgh Steelers side of the ball. Ben Roethlisberger had a very pedestrian day altogether, really. 18 for 32, 188 yards, 5.9 yards per attempt, attempt, excuse me, one touchdown. Najee Harris, 16 attempts, 45 yards, 2.8 yards per carry. The Bills' defense did an amazing job. Leslie Frazier did an amazing job game planning for Najee Harris, knowing that they were going to try to get him um, 18 to 22 touches. He ended up getting, um, what is it, 17 touches, but he had three targets and he only caught one of them. Uh, Big Ben. Big Ben did not look like Big Ben today, but he didn't have to because the Steelers' defense looked that good. Juju Smith-Schuster was a leading receiver. Eight targets, four receptions, 52 yards, no touchdown. And, uh, yeah, that's all we're going to go into for that and stats of today's game. So we're going to take a quick commercial break when we get back. We're going to go into our sweet, sassy, molassy plays of the game and our wall of famers and wall of shamers. So stick around. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. We are doing our game recap. <laughs> it's raining out here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's nice and cool out here. <laughs> so let's go into our sweet, sassy, molassy plays of the game. Sweet, sassy, molassy. Get out the checkbook and pay grandma for the rubdown. John, um, is there anything that stood out to you? Is there a certain play that you looked at where you're just like, wow, that was, uh, that was a really good good play or, or something that stood out. There's only a few of them, let's be honest. Uh, opening kickoff was pretty good. Got the crowd pumped up pretty good. It did? Uh, it was, yeah. It was amazing. Isaiah McKenzie, 
take it 64 yards, opening play. It was so funny. The crowd got so into it that Josh Allen, as soon as he came out on the field, was trying to tell everyone to come. Shh, shh. And nobody listened. Maybe that's why he had the game he did. Thanks a lot to all the fans out in Orchard Park today. They're clearly the reason why. No, obviously. I'm just joking. It was cool to see um, everyone over at Highland, Highmark Stadium, Highmark Stadium, um, showing off. So that was cool. Saw a lot of pictures on Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. It's good to see you all partying out there. Um, I'm going to give it to the Gabriel Davis three-yard touchdown catch. Um, Allen just looked on that drive. If it wasn't for that drive going as well as he did, at one point he was four for four for 64 yards. He was just just looked great. Um, and then, you know, you were hoping that that was the start of something and it ended up uh, just going downhill from there. In the fourth quarter, um, they allowed a TD, a touchdown, um, from Levi Wallace, over Levi Wallace, um, after he had that pass interference call against him. By the way, the refs, they they definitely didn't give us as many penalties as they could have, but then they definitely gave us more than maybe we should have gotten at the same time. What did you think about the refs in today's game? It just seemed inconsistent, and I, I did think there were some poor calls and non-calls as well, so it's, it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, McDermott was pissed on that one. Uh, play where uh, it looked like Claypool was grabbing onto someone or holding someone's face mask on that one play, that one bubble screen. Um, all right, well, let's go. I mean, not a whole lot of sweet sads in Malaysia. There's no like, there's not a lot of honorable mentions. I'm going to be honest with today's loss. Um, that uh, the Sweet Sassy Molassi plays the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Now let's go into our Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers. So Wall of Famer. For today's loss, Wall. I'm going to go first this time, John. I'm going to say the Bills' run defense. The the squad that had such an issue last season with stopping anyone in the run. They only did it a few times last season. They only had success a few times last season. Um, they, they knew going into this game the Steelers were going to try to run the ball. And uh, they ended up not being able to do it. Like I said, 2.8 yards per carry for Najee Harris, a first-round pick, a uh, great running back coming out of Clemson. And uh, I was happy with what I saw, actually, overall from the defense. I mean, they only allowed really 16 points on offense. So on defense, doesn't include the uh, special team. So I was happy with their performance today. John, who do you who do you have on your wall of fame? So, I, know it's, I know it's tough. So, so your, your player of the game was... The run defense. That's how many players? Wall of Fame. That's that's who I put on my wall. The entire the entire 11, 11 players at least. Oh, eleven. Okay. All right. <laughs> I know you could do that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you can put you can put a you can put a whole team. You can put a whole coaching staff on. You can put the front office if you want on there. You can put the, you can put the crowd if you want to pander to the audience. You can put the crowd at High Highmark Stadium. Is your wall? Of fame. Oh, that wouldn't be pandering. I mean, they did have a the they called a false start penalty. They did. Yeah. Um, they're very, you know, I mean, I don't know, maybe they had a negative effect on Josh Allen so Kevin against that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I know. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, way to, way, to, way to crush our quarterback today <laughs> by cheering for him. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I'd have to agree with you. Uh, maybe it's an honor to mention uh, Tyler Bass. Um, and he maybe he should have had a, a fourth field goal in there somewhere on one of those uh, fourth and sh- shorts. Yeah, a um, chance to at least. Later in the game. But, um, yeah, he was good. Automatic. 
Yeah, I'm going to give a small honorable mention to Dawson Knox. He definitely doesn't belong in the Wall of Fame for this game, but it was just good to see. It was good to see some progress. If you're trying to take anything positive out of today's loss, and it's hard, um, I might, I, <laughs> I might, I might put it, uh, put it at Knox. Thank you, John. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, wall of shame for today's loss. Shame. 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 Wall of shame, John. Who's, who do you put on your wall of shame in today's loss? Well, if I, if I can do multiple people, we're doing... You can do whoever you want. Dable and McDermott. Dable and McDermott. Why? Why Dable and McDermott? Well, the I felt the offensive play calling was subpar. Um, especially since we did see spurts of Singletary, and like you could see his yards per carry was great, but like he didn't get the ball enough. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they would argue... Like I mentioned to you after the game, they would argue that the reason why his yards per carry were so good is because they tried to pass the ball so much. So when, you know, they finally did run the ball, like, you know, the defense wasn't expecting it. But I would argue that... Maybe just get it in his hands. Like, throw throw past the Singletary, you know. Like, you don't have to, you know. Yeah. Just get him the ball. Get him the ball. Put the ball in his hands. I mean, minus those two fumbles. How many of those, like, Josh Allen draws did we see for two and a half yards? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, him getting hit or what? Yeah. And then I put McDermott on there just because of the discipline. Like, there's so many penalties on both sides of the ball. I mean, some of them weren't the best penalties, but, like, there were enough of them that, you know, that there's too many. The, the holding penalties and the offensive line penalties were just indicative of the fact that the Bills were being outplayed in the trenches today because you don't have that many penalties if you're able to dominate that side of the ball, the other the other opposing uh, line, the defensive line in this case. Um and I think that that's, yeah, the discipline. I, I like both of those. Um, I, I was going to go with penalties, too, um, the holding penalties by the Bills. Uh, everything. I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was just the penalties, but, like, the scheming, the game planning um, for this game. Um, I'm just – I just wish on the offensive side of the ball it was m- more like – there were more layers to it. It wasn't just like we're going to throw the ball at you and you're just going to take it. It's like – well, if that doesn't work, plan A doesn't work, you need to figure out plan B or C. And even one of those plans kind of did work, and then they stopped doing it. Like you said, the Singletary runs or, you know, Matt Burrito was out there a little bit today. Um, didn't show a ton, but, yeah, just a disappointing game altogether. And I think it starts with the coaching staff first. And then Josh Allen deserves a little blame, too. I mean, he didn't look great today. And you have to wonder, as a Bills fan, I guess one of the biggest, you know, uh, things, that, one of the biggest uh, – I guess talking points going into this week is going to be Josh Allen. He's going to be like, is he taking that regression? Is he taking a step back this season like a lot of people predicted he might? Or was this just a bad game? It was also against a top three defense. They, they were a very good defense last year. Yeah, even without Bud Dupree. They had Mel, it's like Melvin Ingram on the other side. It's still a very good pass rusher. Um, you know, and those guys can play late into their career. It's not like they're done at 30, you know? Um, yeah, very good defense. Good point there, John. I was kind of hoping the Bills could get more sacks on Big Ben. He did get the ball out a lot, um, a lot quicker than I think he wanted to. Um, but, yeah, so Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Um, geez, I mean, that's really that's really all I have right now for us on this portion because I want to read some uh, tweets from people, but I'm going to do that a little bit later, unless you want me to do it right now. 
to, unless you want me to do it right now. You don't care? Okay. Why don't you uh, do something different this year? See if you find anything on Twitter interesting about the game that we might have missed because we were at the wedding. Like, see if there's like, oh, somebody found this like cool, important thing. Like, you know, after tw- after the game's done, there's a lot of things being posted on Twitter. Like, oh, here's a replay of this thing, or here's some interesting information about this injury. Well, this says the season's over. This <laughs> one says, don't see how the Bills are going to win another game. <laughs> So on Twitter, as I always do, I say post uh, the Bills lose, Steelers in the season opener 23-16. Who or what is on your wall of fame or wall of shame in today's loss? So Sean Finnerman writes, Bills Mafia, we're not going anywhere without a run game. Saw this as a weakness last playoffs and no running backs are significant, of significance signed or drafted and not even trying to run with the running backs we have. We like Pittsburgh last year. We're like Pittsburgh last year, but we lost to them today at home. And he does the poop emoji. I would agree with the second part of that. Um, I don't think that the Bills ran enough today, and I think they needed to really plan better for the second half of today's game instead of just trying to do just what they did in the first half in that one drive. Of course, if you think about it, over the course of a game... If you do the same thing over and over again, one out of 10 drives or one out of 12 drives, you'll have success, right? Like, I mean, unless you're completely dominated, you'll, so I don't think that's, uh, that's good enough for them to say, well, we're just going to do what we're going to do. JC writes the fourth and one play call to pass it backwards. Turning point, Seattle Super Bowl level play call. (laughs) Remember that where they should have ran the ball and started putting it? Okay. Anyway. It's just depressing, John. I see like the life. We left this reception at the wedding, this amazing reception to come record this. And John's like, why am I in a worse mood now? I thought I was uh, I thought I was finally getting over this. Skydog writes Wall of Fame. Singletary, more bursts coming out of the backfield than he did this year. Very efficient with the ball in his hands today. Wall of Shame, Dable. Fourth and one and a fourth and two that we decided to punt away on their side of the 50. The play calls on the fourth downs we went for were horrendous. Maybe that's why McDermott didn't want to do any more fourth, fourth and ones and twos, even though they went for like on a fourth and eight or something later in the game. And we we're like, ah, maybe kick the field goal here. Upon it. I don't know. Uh, original Hatriots writes, wall of shame, mostly Allen with a splash of Dable. P.U. <laughs> wall of fame. I just love P.U. When was the last time you heard someone say P.U.? Just now. <laughs> Just now by Original Hatriot. Um, Wall of Fame, Milano and Edmonds are beasts. Yeah, Milano looked great. You know I'm a Mil- Matt Milano stan, right? And you just found out what Stan meant today. So, good for you. It's character on South Park. <laughs> That's exactly. No, for people that are older like me that don't know what a stan is, it's just like an obsessive fan. And uh, I feel like that sometimes against Matt Milano. I'm a big fan of Matt Milano. I was happy when they signed him. Isn't that what the definition of a fan is? It's a fanatic, uh, right? Fanatic, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like a stenatic. It's like a, even more of a fanatic. It's, 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 you're obsessed. You're like <laughs> obsessed like Robert De Niro in that movie, The Fan, <laughs> with Wesley Snipes. Remember that one? But they didn't call it The Stan. They called it The Fan. Well, because The Stan terminology didn't exist then. <laughs> or else it would have been The Stan Fan, <laughs> and it would have been a box office hit instead of a box office flop. Bryce? I'm sure that was it. <laughs> that was it. That was the reason why. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, let's see. Bryce Erdwine writes. I'm butch- butchering all these names. 
Wall of Fame, defense for keeping us in the game, backed by an offense that couldn't gain any. Wall of Shame, the O-line for what felt like 73 holding calls. <laughs> Sean J. Thiel writes, only shame, the O-line was a mess. At what point does Dawkins look like a top-tier left tackle? Feliciano Ford and Morse looked horrible, yeah. Everyone had a rough game today. Devin Brown, Wall of Fame to Taryn Johnson. Wall of Shame to Dable play calling, especially on fourth down. And I liked I liked Taron Johnson. He was an under the radar Wall of Famer for me. I thought he had a great game. Let's see. A lot of names. See, I don't see a lot of these names in our Twitter feed very often, like when it's not during the season. So it's kind of like it's kind of like a reunion of some of the fans and followers and listeners to Circling the Wagons, the Buffalo Rumble Links Podcast Network, because I'm like, oh, I, rem- I recognize this name. I remember these guys. Hey, I haven't talked to you since uh, January of last year. Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, Philip Whitaker writes, uh, Wall of Shame, play calling, coaching staff. Had 2019 Allen playing today. Ooh, ooh. That's, I saw that a lot on Twitter today. I don't think he's too wrong. Way too many drop passes. Way too many penalties. Wall of Fame, I guess Tyler Bass. Eric Helwig writes, hard to find many positives. The defense should be one, but they got their asses kicked in the second half after only being on the field for a little over 12 minutes in the first half. They should have been fresh and ready to go. Lots of wall of shame, but just go with Dable, who wanted to show everyone how smart he was. And Allen, he took a major step back with footwork, making lazy throws on what should have been easy completions. Most of the other problems were a result of those two stinking it up. Now, it's good to hear from uh, from Coach Helwig, Coach Eric Helwig, that that's what he saw on tape was his footwork, and that seemed to be the issue. How could you revert back? I mean, he was so good last season. It's like taking, I don't know. I think a lot of it's it It's like he stopped working. The first, it, the first came with full stadium jitters, I think, if I had to. I'm hoping <laughs> that's what it was. Yes, you got to <laughs> hope that that's what it was. First home game. It's not going to get any better next week in Miami. Well, I guess Miami probably won't have much of a home fan base, so we should probably be fine there. Um, I'm only going to read a few more because I want to get back to this wedding, and uh, I know I'll read some more maybe after by myself tonight. Carlin Sullivan writes, Wall of Fame, Singletary, couple big runs and hit the holes well. McKenzie, sure-handed, and a few good plays on kickoffs. Wall of Shame, Dable, horrible calls in the second half, no adjustments. Levi Wallace proved why we need an upgrade at CB2, and Dion Dawkins for everything. Now, I know Carlin wrote this later on in another um, tweet, but, um, you know, Dion Dawkins is still getting over conditioning uh, issues that uh, he wasn't able to overcome because of because he had COVID and he was hospitalized for four days. So he's getting there, and TJ Watt and Melvin Ingram are big, big tests and challenges for someone who's not 100%. But I don't think that's fully all of it. Um, I think that was just a part of it. So can't really agree with anything that uh, Carlin said right there. Buffalo Ceilings writes, Wall of Fame, Oliver, the oft-maligned Knox, and Crazy Glue for their apparent new sponsorship of the Bills O-line. And Wall of Shame, Feliciano, Levi, and McDermott for questionable decisions. Fourth down and fourth downs throughout and field goals late. Plus any fans talking about the season being over. <laughs> you must you must mean John when you say that. Um first thing I'm gonna 
I'm going to address is that Buffalo Ceilings wrote about Ed Oliver. And we mentioned last week when we did a season preview, um, definitely want to see Ed Oliver step up in his third season. And I want to see those plays where you notice him. Now, you know, if, if for people that watch film and people that, you know, break down the game tape, um, I guess he shows up a lot more than he does to people like us that just watch, you know, the, the game day film, right? Like what he puts out each Sunday. And we said last week, I want to see Ed Oliver more often. I want to see him as often as I saw Kyle Williams, which was like once a game or once every other game and just a standout play where he runs right through the middle. He causes a sack or fumble or, you know, knives through the line to take down the uh, the runner for a four-yard loss, which is what Ed Oliver did today. They noticed, uh, We noticed him a few times, and, uh, and there was one play that he had a four-yard loss or he created a four-yard loss from the ball carrier. So um, did enjoy seeing that. So, uh, so good point by Buffalo ceilings, Mark Zurich. So I'm going to try to get to a lot of these because this is our first podcast of the season. And I want to be able to, uh, get as much of you guys in as possible on this first one, because there are some really good takes, uh, coming in from, um, from you guys, mostly, mostly good takes. Some of them, you know, most <laughs> Mark Zurich writes wall of shame, the coaching bills. O. Offensive, he means oh, offensive, uh, offensive staff outcoached the Pittsburgh defensive staff. Pit D, Bills O was outcoached by the Pittsburgh. Okay, so let's start over again. Bills offense outcoached by Pittsburgh's defense. Pittsburgh special teams outcoached by Buffalo special teams, except on that blocked punt by the Pittsburgh special teams. I gave Bills D more credit as I think they were out executed by Pittsburgh's offense. More than out coached in the second half. Well, I mean, it, in to, real quick, Mark, I think Penn was just throwing the ball up there. He was just lobbing those balls up there more often than he was in the first half. And luckily, Chase Claypool is a very good receiver, and he was coming down with those passes. and uh, And if they if he didn't come down with them, then there'd be a defensive pass interference call. So, um, yeah, to a point, maybe. But I think really the blame lies with uh, with the Bills secondary in that in that portion of it. I don't know if it's really the Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh's offense as it was the Bills' just lack of execution and ability to even turn around when the ball was up in the air like that, like a rainbow shot. So uh, would have been nice if Levi or or Tre'Davious White he had a couple of those uh, plays too, where if they just turned around and really um, played the ball instead of the receiver, they would have been okay. Wall of Fame, he writes, Bills linebackers and the first half defense. Yep, they look great. Um, I can't be mad about this L because we deserve to lose. Eh, you can still be mad about it a little bit. I'm still, I'm still mad, which I'm sure you guys all are as well. AJ Tharp writes, Wall of Fame, Taron Johnson, the D-line, Wall of Shame, the offensive line, the D-backs for holding all game, play calling, and our wide receivers for so many drop passes. We won't win when Knox has the best hands on the field. Well put, AJ. Um, it's a new era, maybe. Buffalo Blitzkrieg writes, Buffalo Blitzkrieg. Wall of shame is Dables with honorable mention to Josh. Should have established the run early, but instead they kept spreading the field and forcing the pass. Wall of fame goes to Taryn the Taint Johnson and Matt Milano. They were swarming and tackling with a purpose. Love that someone's calling out Taryn the Taint Johnson. <laughs> he looked good today, man. He did look good. He looks like, I mean, contract year, he's poised for a big season. Let's hope he uh, he gets there. Josh gets negative credit for the O-line woes. You can't hold the ball that long. 
the future Mr. Jennifer Garner writes, <laughs> dude, sometimes I just love reading these tweets just because I get to read the handle, the future Mr. Jennifer Garner. Good luck with that. I hope that actually uh, comes to fruition for you, the future Mr. Jennifer Garner. Wall of Fame, D-line, much improved. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And we didn't even see Boogie Basham today. Um, I didn't really notice F.A. Abada now that I think about it. Um, was kind of hoping to see him have more of an impact. Was honestly hoping for more than two sacks today, but that's okay. Um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Wall of Shame, he writes. Uh, the offensive line, Brian Dable's horrendous play calling. Josh has regressed to 2019. And Taron Johnson has been schooled by Claypool. I think everyone got schooled by Claypool today. Um, Wall of Fame, Big R writes, Big R, Big R. I think he said he was a short guy, but it likes it's more like a, like a, was it Little John from Robin Hood? Big R, Big R writes, Wall of Fame, Taron, Singletary, and the first half defense. Wall of Shame, Allen, Woof. He was very disappointing after that massive contract. Dable, it, by the way, if you were disappointed in that, you should have seen the uh, the the Packers Saints game, where the Jameis Winston led Saints <laughs> beat the Packers thirty eight to three. Unbelievable! Wow, did not see that coming. Definitely did not that get that game right with the pick'em. Uh, Dable with atrocious play calling and Levi with those penalties. The refs stunk as an honorable mention, particularly on stealing the puck from Trey. Jason Statham right. <laughs> Wrote, uh, Wall of Fame, Erm, Erm Gabe Davis. Wall of Shame, everyone else, coaches and all. It's only week one, knuckle down, and we go again. And this could be one of those, you know, it's early, but maybe one of those really, they need to get punched in the mouth quickly instead of like just barely beating guys in teams for like three or four weeks and then having like a stretch of these games after they went 3-0 and and 4-0. and And, uh, and maybe they just need to get punched in the mouth early. You know, I wasn't going to use this um, this analogy, but uh, I remember, um, you know, there's that saying that you can either take this as motivation, so it can either motivate you or sink you. What is it? If, if you're a ship in the night, it's like you can either take this as something that fuels you or something that sinks you. And here's a quick uh, story I'm going to tell you about this, which I always think about when it comes down to like this type of... Um, challenges and just different things that you might face in life or in your personal life or in your career or whatever is, uh, I remember this girl I was dating at one point, her grandfather um, was very overweight. He was in his 60s. And when I say overweight, like, you know, we're all a little overweight. Well, some of us are a little, me included. Um, we're all a little overweight. But this guy was like, I want to say like 450 pounds, right? And it's hard to say like, well, he's like, you know, six foot two, like that's still, that's it's still a lot of weight for someone that's six foot two, <laughs> um, as I'm sure you would imagine. So um, he was one of those guys that like really never left his house that much uh, that often. And when he did, he was in his truck, and you know it was just a rough situation for his health and overall. It felt really bad for him. Definitely wasn't would never make fun of the guy or anything like that. But you know he had a hard time losing weight. And I just asked her, you know, randomly one day, like, oh, you know, um, has your grandfather always been like this, or you know, d you know, did he? Did he ever try to lose the weight or whatever? And she said, yes, he was. And he was doing really well. He was going to a gym, um, you know, on a daily basis. And he was doing this and that. And he was, you know, making some progress. He's like, but somebody, 
at the gym, you know, someone, some smart ass came by and said, you know, a joke about him and he felt really bad. So he stopped going to the gym and, you know, he is where he is. I remember seeing that and I remember thinking how sad that is. That's so sad that somebody would do that to another human being and make fun of them for them. I don't know. People that try to prop themselves out by prop themselves up by pulling other people down. It's just a terrible human being trait. And uh, I would never be friends with someone like that. I'm sure a lot of you wouldn't. And that it's just a terrible human being in general to say that. But I guess the point of this this story is that he could have taken it one of two ways. The way he took it, which was, uh, I don't like being made fun of, and I don't, maybe he's right, I'm just going to listen to him, I'm just going to stop doing what I'm doing. Or he can look at that experience as, well, screw that guy. You know, I'm not going to listen to what some jerk says to try to stop me from doing what I what I want to do and what I think is right and and what I'm capable of. And um, I think with a lot of challenges in life, uh, not just this one, I'm old enough to like kind of <laughs> look, you know, introspectively at myself and say, you know, there's things that there's daily challenges that you come across, whether it's in your job, um, in your career, maybe in your relationships, um, friendships, um, stuff like that, where you look at it and you're just like, yeah, like, you know, somebody says you can't do it. Well, you can look at that and say, well, yeah, maybe they, maybe they're right. I can't do it. Or you can say, well, you know, forget that person. I'm going to show them that I can do it. And you're going to use it as motivation to fuel you so that that outcome doesn't happen again, or that you can overcome that hurdle or climb that mountain or whatever the case is. In this person's case, it was, you know, continuing to go to the gym to lose weight. So they weren't, you know, um, overweight and, uh, and the bills can look at it the same way. You know, if it's going to fuel you or sink you, are you going to look at that and be like, well, I guess we're not going to the Super Bowl after all. Might as well just try to get a winning season, hopefully. Or you can say, no, no, we are, we are exactly what everyone else thought we were. And we are Super Bowl contenders. Just because we had one game, we will show everyone that it was just one game and we're going to come back even stronger. So it should be interesting to see how they bounce back. This this Miami Dolphins game next week is going to tell a lot. As, as far as the psyche of the Buffalo Bills. And to be honest, um, with Sean McDermott coaching the team, um, maybe they had bought into the hype before the season, and maybe it got to their head a little bit. I feel like he's going to ground them very quickly and very suddenly, and I think you're going to see a different team next Sunday. Private Joker 2003 writes, Wall of Fame. Taron Johnson getting it done in the pass and run game. Yes, he was huge in the run game, too. That didn't get talked about enough. Wall of shame, hate to say it, but Allen. The Davis TD was his one great play. Otherwise, his noteworthy plays were fumbling twice, losing one, missing a screen pass to Beasley that stalled to drive. Yeah, you know, I hate to say it about Allen. I hate to criticize the guy because, you know, you like him so much. He's so easy to like. He's such a good player. He's such a hard worker. But this was not as good. This was not his best game. That can, these two things can both exist. You can still love Allen and love everything about him, but think he had a bad day, which he did. Why he had a bad day? Now that's up for debate, but he had a bad day. Up the Creek writes, up the Creek 77 writes, excuse me. Table sucks. Can't wait till we find, can't wait till the day he is no longer a part of the Buffalo Bills. And CB2 needed, needed addressed in the offseason. 
And it wasn't so every pass went at Levi Wallace. (laughs) I like people that just come out and just say it. Say it how they feel. Sweeno Bills writes, I I think it must be from Sweden, right? Sweeno, no, from Queensland. I don't know where that is. Um, (laughs) I can't, I have no idea. It's late. It's late. I'm tired. Just got back from a wedding. Um, Sweeno Bills writes, Dable's fourth down play calling, and they give the shame, 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 gif, jif, whatever. Uh, Bills Mafia writes, the penalties, the god-awful calling. I don't know how I feel about Sanders. I think he needs some work. Singletary is looking decent, so I'm glad for that. A lot of missed passes. It should have been completed. Both Allen and receivers fault. Glad it's only week one. Yeah, let's get this. Uh, let's get this ship turned around. Andrew C from the Wandering Buffalo podcast. Andrew C writes: Wall of Fame run defense, although it led to a lot of man coverage, which didn't favor the Bills. Wall of Shame. Look at look at Andrew coming in with a deep analysis. Uh, Wall of Shame coaching decisions, the offensive line, and drops. Not great, but I'm excited for next week and how the Bills will adjust. I'm hoping more Bills fans are thinking that way instead of I think a lot of them are hitting the panic button. I did see a video of Bills fans fighting each other uh, on the way out of the stadium. That was disheartening to see. I know that's not all of Bills Mafia, and I, I know for a fact it's not. Uh, but that was disheartening to see. I mean, it's one thing to go after other teams' fans, which you shouldn't do that either. But going after other Bills fans, I mean, I don't know. We all take this this loss pretty rough. I don't know if it's worth that. And I've I've had season tickets. I've seen people go after other fans in the stands, people that definitely deserved other teams' fans. Like I remember this one time. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll I'll save that for another. Maybe maybe of the Patriots game. I'll save that story, but uh, that was an interesting time. Zach Bass writes, Wall of Fame, nothing. <laughs> Wall of Shame, special teams, and Dable's cutesy play calling. It was cute. It wasn't cute like, aw. It was cute like, oh my god, what are you doing? What are you doing, Brian? Brian, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop doing that. This is interesting. I don't know if this is, if this is true or if this is just someone being facetious but nash phil writes wall of shame josh allen brandon bean for paying allen so soon (laughs) i i don't agree with that whatsoever but that's just funny funny to read that you get fans along along the whole spectrum edgar donnybrook writes wall of fame bass question mark knox didn't play terribly (laughs) it's tough it's tough you're just looking for people that weren't awful wall of shame Dawkins, Allen, coaching staff, and special teams. Basically everyone, really. (laughs) Everyone but Tyler Bass and Dawson Knox. Look at Dawson Knox. (laughs) Bill's Mafia. Another Bill's Mafia writes, Wall of Shame, Sanders and Levi Wallace and Dable's fat ass. (laughs) Here I I am just, (laughs) look at me. Here I am just telling a story about fat shaming, and then I read that tweet. Wow, great going, Nate. It's late. Here, Fernando writes in Wall of Fame, Tyler Bass had a good game. Wall of Shame, Allen, rookie season type of mistakes. Dable, terrible play calling. McDermott not going for it on fourth and three and fourth and two, but going for it on fourth and nine. Yeah, that was questionable to say the least. Good call there. 
Amber writes in, Wall of Fame, Taron Johnson played one of his best games. Milano had excellent vision and hard hits. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I love Matt Milano. I don't know how weird it is for me to say how much I like one player, but Matt Milano just seems to be everywhere over the field. That's one of the reasons why he needed to be signed, re-signed in the offseason, and I'm so glad he did. Wall of Shame, she writes, O-line struggled big time. They had their hands full, but didn't show that they deserved a ton of confidence moving forward. I thought last season, wasn't that last season it was like Daryl Williams was taking care of TJ Watt, and we're all like, oh man, like Daryl Williams is legit. Like, look at him take care of one of the best pass rushers in the league. Well, not this week. Michael Taylor writes in, Wall of Fame, the fans who will show up for next week despite this week's pitiful offensive performance. Well, I'm there. Well, there will probably be some fans showing up in South Beach. I was going to say not so many, but you never know. A lot of Bills fans uh, all over the country. Wall of Shame, Dable in offensive play calling. Vanilla is all get out. Far too many passes underneath. And get it past the first down marker. Enough with the cute stuff. It's funny. He's like Mike's, and we like Mike. He's <laughs> he's like vanilla is, is all get out, but then also super cute. It's like it's it's when he got cute is was the issue. It was like like we said before, the flea flicker on uh, third and one, as opposed to a flea flicker on like third and seven or something. You know, BL writes Wall of Shame, McDermott, one thousand percent. Going for it on fourth and eight, and again on fourth down while in field goal range. <laughs> change those calls and change the outcome. And then she says, Wall of Fame, Davis looking pretty solid out there. Yep, yeah, Gabe Davis. Count Dragula, the toe, dag, toe drag swag. What else did I call him? The sideline surgeon. We had some, we had a few good names coming out of last season's podcast. <laughs> Eileen, Eileen, uh, it's... it's I don't, I can't, it's so hard to pronounce your last name, Eileen. I apologize. <laughs> she just writes, Alan looked like Bernie Kozar out there. <laughs> and I love Alan, or I love Eileen. She's, uh, she looks like, you know, she's probably in her 50s or 60s or something. She's getting on Twitter, just, just, just carving Alan over the fire. Wow. Big Baller Beanie writes, she says, sigh. <laughs> It's gotten to this point on the uh, in the game or in the game recap where somebody has to has to give cues while I'm trying to read this sigh wall of fame. She says Edmonds. He was everywhere and was running that defense. Caught him putting Oliver in his place, who also played well. Oh, good catch there. He also had that almost interception on fourth or third down where he had it in his hands. They would have had the ball at the Steelers' 20-yard line if he had somehow pulled that in. Uh, Edmonds did have a good game, though. Wall of shame, Allen and Dable. Overthrowing guys and never got the offense going. Also, that play call on fourth and inches made me want to commit arson. <laughs> and then her sister writes under as funny. She said, I just... I legit just said this to you. Hashtag steal my take. <laughs> ah, a little sisterly love on the Circling the Wagons podcast. Wall of Fame. Chris M. writes, Wall of Fame, bend but don't break defense. Wall of Shame, the O-line, I think may have been the worst part of the offense. Now, what's crazy is we all thought that the Bills bringing back their starting defensive five with them never never really playing together a whole lot last season, thinking it was going to be so much better, or even even better this season than last season. Um, it's still yet to be determined. We'll see if they are better, or if the Steelers were just that good. 
Okay, so this is <laughs> this is one of the tweets that makes me have to put the podcast category from clean to explicit. DL writes, Wall of Fame, Singletary was fire. Wall of Shame, play calling was absolute dog shit. Levi Wallace was slow and didn't turn his fucking head ever. And receivers kept dropping the good balls. Bad game will come back. If you guys are ever wondering if I'm going to swear on the podcast, usually Mike, John, and I don't normally go out of our way to do it unless it's something significant. Like I remember uh, swearing after the Bills uh, won won the uh, AFC East for the first time in like, what, 18, 20 years last season. But we try not to go. But I will put explicit when the podcast deserves it or when there's a funny tweet like that. Wall of Shame, Adam Talmage writes, Wall of Shame, Dable, Dable, Dable. If anyone wants to hire him, show them this tape, the entire offense. <laughs> but wait, if we want him to get hired somewhere else, we don't want them to see this tape, Adam. So you can see the conflict that we're in here. Wall of Fame, if you blame the defense, get off this site. Officials bailed Big Ben out big time. Yep, yep so they, did, they definitely did a few times. No, well, since I already swore, Evan writes in, Dable, the entire offensive line, Levi Wallace are all on my shit list until next Sunday at 1. <laughs> this this one is, they call me Johnny Coin. I love CTP and Hive. I have no idea what that means, but it's a long handle. He writes, the entire team seemed off today, but that bogus call against Trey that gave the ball back to Pittsburgh, that was the turning point. Oh, that was so frustrating. I'm surprised we got away with a few today, but then I'm not surprised because we had so many more go against us that I didn't think that. So anyway, thank you so much for everyone that wrote in for Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers. Um, all those are brought to you by the great folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Um, appreciate all you guys writing in and taking the time to do that. Um, was trying to think of a way to be positive after all of this. And, uh, you know, wrote this on Twitter. It's a long season. Like this is just one loss. There's still more wins to be had, um, maybe wins that we didn't think that the Bills were going to have. Um, you really have to just hope that the Steelers' defense is just that good, and you you really hope that the rest of the league hasn't figured Allen and Dable out because if they have figured Allen and Dable out and they can't adjust this season, um, it's just going to be a long season. I don't think that's the case. I think it's just either a one-off or um, it's just everything just went wrong for the Bills today. That's all. Uh, the Bills' defense held the Steelers' offense to only 16 points today. The Bills were able to stuff the run, which they weren't able to do uh, most of last season, so that's a huge positive. Um, the Bills' defense looked good, guys. If the offense can finally uh, you know, figure it out and get it back on track, Like we still have a good team. So I would not lose hope whatsoever. I'm going to do our Ed Oliver giveaway. Or Ed Oliver signed jersey giveaway. Oh no, you can you guys can just have Ed Oliver. How's that? I'm just gonna auction off Ed Oliver, the football player on the podcast. No, we give away. Um, we have one giveaway each week, and this week we're actually gonna do two, two giveaways because we're gonna have the T Public um, giveaway um, for our T Public site. Our T Public uh, store is tpublic.com/store/ctwpod, and from there. Um, we have a ton of different Bills designs, but you can pick any shirt that you would like. Um, thanks over, thanks to the good people over at T Public for doing that. And uh, we're giving away a signed uh, blue Ed Oliver jersey. And if you're wondering how you can get in on these jerseys, if you're a first-time listener, um, we're not always at weddings. 
when it comes time to do the Bills game recap. Usually we're at our homes or whatever. It's something that's a little bit more normal, um, but this was not the case for sure this week. Um, but you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Mention CTW or CTW Pod, Circling the Wagons, somewhere in the description. And also this season is new. Uh, leave another show in the comments for Buffalo Rumblings, the, the podcast network, whether it's Bruce Exclusive, Believe, Bring Buffalo Rumblings, Q&A, well, any of those great shows, any of the sh shows um, I mentioned or more. Um, I believe there's about 10 shows on the, sh on the podcast network right now. Um, so they all do a good job. They all, I know you guys are doing this for giveaways, which I would absolutely do the same thing if I were in your shoes, but I appreciate you guys uh, giving them some love too, because they do a great job. Um, so the winner of that, oh yeah. And by the way, um, another thing, another wrinkle we're adding to it this season is because I want to make sure that everyone gets a chance to win. Um, if I call your name and you do not get back to me by next week, um, I'm taking your name off the list. Um, in the past I've kept it on. I haven't really deleted a whole lot of people off the list, um, since we started this a couple years ago, but you have to listen every week. You have to hear if your name is called, if your name has been called and you do not claim a prize, I'll take you off the list. You'll have to somehow contact me later in the season to make sure uh, I'm, you're still on the list or whatever, um, or go back and listen. I'll probably tell you to go back and listen to the shows and find out. But uh, if you do not claim a prize, I'm taking you off the list. I think the list is like 200 or something right now. Um, I appreciate everyone that's left a five-star review. And if you win, you stay on the list. You never get taken off um, until unless you forget to do it forget to listen one week. So um, the winner, we'll, we're going to do two winners. So the first one to get back to me gets to pick the Ed Oliver jersey or the or the T Public site <laughs> store. I wonder which one you'll choose. So the first winner is Mike Cav 29. That's Mike Cav with a V 29. And the second winner is at Clavs 19. That's at Clavs with a K 19. So um, either or both of you get back to me, either DM us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, or email us, ctwpod at gmail.com. Let us know that you won, that you listened to the show, and um, yeah, you can claim your prize. So cool. Thanks thanks again to the great folks over at the DraftKings Sportsbook and Delago for sponsoring us and allowing us to give away such cool prizes um, on the podcast. But John... Real quick, do you have any more thoughts about the game? Obviously, it's disappointing. Are you optimistic or pessimistic looking into next week's game against the Dolphins in Miami? I'm pessimistic. <laughs> the, the Dolphins beat the Patriots today, 17-16. Yes. So, I mean, not that that means a lot, but it's still a win um, against a divisional opponent, more than the Bills have right now. Um, you know what? I'm waiting to – I'm going to – I'm going to wait till next week before I really start to panic. Because everyone that had them going 13 and 4 or 14 3 or better, you 17 and 0, of course, um, definitely had this game as a win. So um, this is a very disappointing loss. Um, it stinks as, as us Bills fans. Oh, the groom's coming. We gotta, we gotta finish. Oh, no, he's not coming. Okay, we can still talk. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I think I'm not so much worried that uh, this is the way. I think you gotta wait till you go 0 and 2, 0 and 3 or something like that before you really have a. Quick change. But there's 17 games this season. There's plenty of time to pick up. This was a game we thought they were going to win, but they could always pick up a game against a Kansas State Chiefs or a Tampa Bay Buccaneers or a Tennessee Titans or whoever, you know, you might have thought the Bills would lose to. Or the Jets. Or the they, could, they, could, they should be able to beat the 